0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is. Don't make these investing mistakes. (laughs) With me today, I have Amy McFarlane. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. And so here's the thing is that there are a lot of smart ways to invest. And there are also a lot of really common mistakes that investors make. And a lot of times they don't even know that they're actually making them. So, we're going to talk today about some of the common mistakes that people make when doing investing and how to uh, maybe make some better choices. (laughs) All right. All right. So, here's the first thing that I want to say is that, you know, when you think about buying decisions, think about some of the things that you buy in your life. You buy cars, you buy houses. You buy stocks, right? Or okay. mutual, fund, mutual funds. And the um, amount of research that people put into buying a car or buying a home far, far outweighs the amount of time they spend doing research on buying investments inside their portfolio. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's probably one of the biggest mistakes people make is oh. that they don't actually do their research. And a lot of the reason is because they just don't know how. Sure. Right? So how do you figure out what a strategy should be if you're going to buy something in your portfolio? Okay. All right. Well, you can Google. The Google master out there has Lots and lots pages of pages and pages and pages, <laughs> pages of information on how to do this. But the trick is really sorting through the, the mess that's out there and trying to figure out what's good information and what's not really good information. OK. OK. The um, flip side of that is that if you have figured out something to buy, most people don't take the second step and figure out when they actually want to sell it. Got it. Okay. Oh, sure. So, you know, think about your car again. You research the features and benefits of the car. You check out its safety ratings. You compare it to different models. You look at the gas mileage. Sure. Some of the things like that. And then when you're ready to sell your car, mm-hmm. you have some pretty specific criteria of what needs to happen for you to sell that. And okay? generally, it's when things start going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great analogy, Mary. It, or you see a shiny new one Yes, or something that you want, right? Yeah. So that kind of criteria, when something goes wrong, that's not the sell criteria yeah. we want within investment portfolios, mm-hmm. right? We want to buy low and sell high, so we don't want to wait till something is wrong before we sell something in our mm-hmm. portfolio. So the the mistakes that investors frequently make are that they don't have any real research strategy for buying, okay. and they have no selling criteria for when it's time to unload something that probably has been pretty profitable for them. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the buying strategy first. A buying strategy should have some metrics to it and should be completely unemotional. Mm. And that is something that is a struggle for most people when they think about their money, Right. is to divorce themselves from emotion. And the, the really strong way to figure out buying criteria, figuring out what is a good buy, is to have a set of information that you look at every single time so that you have a basis of understanding, is this a good buy or is it not a good buy? Okay. Okay. Now, there's a couple different types of information that you can look at. And I'm not going to get too technical in here. But there is fundamental analysis, and there's technical analysis, and those both should play into a good buying decision. Okay. Now, for some people, me even just saying those words just went right over your head, and you're like, I want nothing to do with that. (laughs) Very perceptive. (laughs) And if that's you, that's awesome. That's why there's people like me that can help you with it. (laughs) All right. Dig in. (laughs) Yeah. But for those of you who are the do-it-yourselfers out there, if you're going to develop a research strategy for yourself there are some things beyond just what's the price where's it at and it's 52 week high or low what's the you know uh, dividend ratio and things like that what is the earnings per share there is information beyond that that really should be looked at to go into a buying decision all right and where most investors, fail at this is they don't start to look at things like the balance sheet of the company they're buying, the profitability of the company that they're buying, you know, the momentum that that company has, the risk that that company has. And so those are the type of things that you really should have some solid metrics wrapped around before you actually buy a stock or buy a mutual fund that's investing in stocks. Okay. Okay. All right. So this conversation that we're having now has led me to do two things number one it led me to create a seminar that's called portfolio pitfalls (laughs) and how to avoid them because people who are interested in their portfolio still often make mistakes sure and we want to help people educate on how to not make those mistakes and also what needs to go into their solid buying and selling decisions Oh, okay So we have a great seminar Mm -hmm. coming up on March the 23rd. You can reach out to us at stirkfinancialservices.com to register for that. Portfolio pitfalls and how to avoid them, that's the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Yes, I love it. if you want to avoid your pitfalls, then, then come on over. All right, so the other thing that this conversation led me to do is to develop something that we call our stock methodology tool. So we have chosen a specific number of metrics that we consider to be a buy criteria or a sell criteria, Hmm. and they are both fundamental and technical metrics, and we have ranges of each metric that say, hey, this is a buy or this is a sell criteria. So we can now look at any stock that's out there and use our methodology to say, this is a good buy or this is a good sell, and it has nothing to do with emotion. It has everything to do with data. All right. And so if you're a do-it-yourselfer, that's the kind of system that you should incorporate for yourself. And if you're not a do-it-yourselfer, then somebody that is in the investment world, a financial planner like me, is somebody that can help you understand whether the stocks that you have are ones you want to continue to buy or hold or sell or what to do next with your portfolio. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Great. All right. So the first two things that are mistakes to avoid, number one, not having a real research strategy for buying, and number two, not having a sell criteria. I want to touch a little bit more on that sell criteria. All right. All right. If you have had a holding in your portfolio and it has done really well and made you a lot of money, what's your gut feeling about that one? Is that something you would want to continue to hold or is that something you would immediately want to sell? Well, I would say if it were me, I would not be paying much attention to it if it's doing well. And that's probably the problem. (laughs) That's one of the problems, Uh right? But something that has done well is not always going to continue to do well. And there is a point in time where it might be wise to sweep some of your profits or all of your profits, right? If something is run up to a point where it doesn't have a lot of room to run anymore, potentially, you have to determine whether or not it's a good idea to sell it. Sure. But here's where investors get that emotional gut check is, oh, that's done really well for me. I love that stock. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. It's made me a lot of money. Why would I want to sell it? And so the emotional response to something that's done good for you can be just as damaging as an emotional response that's done something that's bad for you, okay. right? Because your buy and your sell decisions should be based on metrics, not on emotion. Okay. So this is the line that I like to use when it comes to sell criteria. And I'm pretty sure it's because I'm a Midwest girl. <laughs> But the line is, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. <laughs> so when it comes to your portfolio, yes. be a pig and not a hog. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Because when a stock starts to fall, then everyone starts dumping. Yes. You know? Right. And you're never going to time that right. Yes. Right. So sweep your profits when your metrics suggest that it's a good idea and have a reason, a calculated reason and theory for doing that. Okay. So, yeah. All right. The next thing that we're going to talk about is having a portfolio that's way too risky. All right. So, one of the investing pitfalls that people have is they don't pay attention to how their portfolio shifts over time. So, if you have a few holdings that have been fantastic and they really earn for you. then overall, they're going to end up being a bigger percentage of your portfolio than what you originally had intended them to be. Oh, okay. So now all of a sudden, you have something in your portfolio that's called SKU. All right? And SKU just means that the original intent of having a certain percentage of money in a certain set of asset classes, meaning your diversification is set up a certain way, Gets skewed when you have runaway winners or you have runaway losers, so your portfolio gets way more risky in an environment where the stock market is doing well. And what are we in right now? Yeah, we're in a very good stock. We're in a yeah. yeah. We're in an up market right now. We are at market highs. We're consistently hitting market highs right now. And when you have a market like this, then your stock percentages are now higher in your portfolio than your bond percentages. And that's great if the market continues to go up. What's the longest the market's gone high? Well, I don't think there's been a bull market that's ever lasted longer than 10 years. Okay. And we're in year eight Ooh. of this one, oh, right? Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that there won't be a bull market that lasts longer than 10 years. There's sure. always a first time for everything. But historically, if we look at that information, you know, that's kind of the way this is rolling. So at some point in time, what I can say for sure is the market is going to correct and go down at some point. And that's what markets do. They go up and they go down. So now that we've had a big run up in the market, this is a smart time to rebalance your portfolio. Move it back into some of those original percentages that your risk level is comfortable with. So if the market does go down, then you don't have a higher percentage of your portfolio at risk than what you feel comfortable with. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, And today we are talking about don't make these investing mistakes. <laughs> yes, do not. <laughs> these are kind of the hot ones to try to avoid when you're thinking about your portfolio. This all is right. a really interesting topic, Mary. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We get a lot of um, chatter and conversation and questions about this topic, so that's why I wanted to do a show about okay. it. Okay. So, all right. We've covered not having a real research strategy for buying. We've talked about not having a sell criteria. We've talked about letting your portfolio get skewed, making it way too risky. And now what we're going to talk about is ignoring an asset class that is called alternatives. All right. Okay. So old school investing is you have stocks and bonds in a portfolio. And now there are some things that are called alternatives. And alternatives are designed to try to hedge against market volatility. All right. Mm-hmm. So kind of teeing it up for you this way an alternative is something that you can try to make money in whether the market's going up or going down All right. right now it doesn't mean there's no risk because for sure there's risk in mm-hmm. them but let's use it this way let's say that you have an alternative fund that is focusing on commodities okay mm-hmm. and we'll use corn as an example right. if the commodities alternative fund manager thinks that corn is going to go up in price, and they're going to buy corn now, and they're going to wait for it to go up in price, and then they're going to sell it. So that's called going long, mm-hmm. meaning you own it because you think it's going to go up. So they're betting that the price of corn is going to go up, and if it does, you're going to make some money. Sure. Okay. Now, the alternative funds are unique in that if the managers think that corn is going to go down, they can also take that bet. Okay, so they can short the corn market, meaning they make a bet that the corn's gonna go down. They actually sell it now before they own it, and then they go back later after it's dropped and they, they buy, buy it. it. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a simplified version of what shorting a market does, but it means that if they're betting that corn is gonna go down and it does, You can make money. So alternative funds are one of the few places that you can make money in an up or a down market. And what has to happen is the alternative manager has to be betting on the right side Of what the trend is. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right? So how does an alternative lose money? If they're making the wrong bet. (laughs) And they also lose money if there's no trend. Right? So if everything's Ah. just static, status quo, no movement, no trend whatsoever, there's no way for them to make money. Yes. So alternatives have become part of a sophisticated portfolio. All right, so you're not going to find alternatives in smaller portfolios because the stock and bond ratios have to be there first. But when you start getting into portfolios that, let's say, are over $100,000 in value, then that's when we start blending in the alternatives as an asset class to try to hedge against the market volatility. Sure. So one of the mistakes that people make is not understanding what alternatives are and not understanding that they actually should adjust the composition of a portfolio for investors and be added into your stock and bond ratios. Okay. Okay? All right. The next pitfall that I want to talk about um, is called set it and forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) Set it and forget it is all about the buy and hold strategy, right? <laughs> now, buy and hold has been touted for years and years and years as a great strategy. Sure. I'm not saying that something shouldn't just be bought and held, but what I am saying is that a set it and forget it strategy mm-hmm. eliminates the value of doing performance checkups, Okay. right? So let me give you an example. There might be 1,500 different mutual funds in the large company growth space. So you have one out of 1,500 in your portfolio. If 1,400 of them are doing better than yours, then your buy and hold strategy is probably not very effective. If yours is in the top 100 out of those 1,500, then absolutely set it and forget it. it makes sense. But the problem is buy and hold does not generally leave room for ongoing monitoring and analysis. And... Checking your performance and making sure that what you're continuing to be is in the top of the pile or be above average in your asset class has a lot to do with boosting performance. Oh, okay. okay? So here's what we're going to do. Um, we normally do give away things on our show, and here's what we're going to give away today. We are going to give a discount for the performance checkups for your portfolio. So normally... As you all know, we're a fee-based financial planning firm, and we charge a fee to do this kind of work. But what we're going to offer for our listeners is to do a performance checkup for your portfolio at a discount of 25%. Okay. So you need a code, and the code is going to be MoneyGuide25. So if you come to us, if you reach out to us, and you have that code, MoneyGuide25, then we will meet with you. And we will do a performance checkup on your portfolio, and we will discount your rates 25% off of our normal fees. That's fantastic. And that's our gift to our Good listeners. Idea. We, we love interacting with you. We love visiting with you. And if we can help you up-level the performance of your portfolio by doing a performance checkup, then we think that's going to be very valuable. All right. Now, I want to make sure everybody understands the first hour that you come in and visit with us is always free. Okay. We never charge a fee for the first visit when somebody comes in. Okay. During that time, we call that a value assessment because we're trying to assess if you know our services can add value for sure. someone. And then based on the scope of the work that you'd like us to do, we'll quote you a fee. So if you have that code, moneyguide25, then we will give you a 25% discount on your performance checkup. And we're going to be able to see if a set it and forget it strategy <laughs> is helping you or haunting you. <laughs> you should run this show again at Halloween, Mary. I think. <laughs> there you go. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is that one of the mistakes that people make in portfolio management is making emotional decisions. All right. All right. So an emotional decision is going to cost you. And... Here's where it's gonna cost you. You're going to buy in if you have an emotional, oh my gosh, I don't wanna be left out type of feeling. Like, yeah, the market's running up. I got to get in. Jump in, (laughs) jump in. And you do it haphazardly, right? Mm -hmm. Or a friend might tell you, this is a hot stock, you know, and you don't go research You just go buy it because you think your friend knows what they're talking about. That's an emotional decision. But the biggest emotional decision that happens is that people get scared when markets turn downwards and they sell Uh when it doesn't maybe make the most sense Mm -hmm. to All right. So first of all, if you can't stomach a market downturn at all, then you don't belong in the market period. Ah, No one to hold them, no one to fold them, right? (laughs) There you go. So and and here's where it costs you. Okay. so missing the 10 best days in the last 20 years reduced your overall return by almost 50 percent. Wow. That is crazy. Think about that. 10 days out of 20 years. So if the market started to turn and you make an emotional decision to sell, okay, and you're out of the market, here's the the stat that piggybacks on that and why it costs you so much. Because six of the 10 best days in the last 20 years have occurred within two weeks of the 10 worst days. Wow, Right. that's a great statistic. Yeah, we have the 10 worst days, and within two weeks, six out of the 10 best days in 20 years occur. So if you sold after a worst day, and you were still out two weeks later, then 60% of the time you missed the rebound. That's why emotional decisions cost you money. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, there was a Vanguard study done, so by the company Vanguard, a lot of people have heard of them. And what they did was they were testing – the impact of having a financial advisor versus not having a financial advisor. Vanguard is a no-load, non-financial advisor company, and they were trying to figure out why, you know, people like having an advisor or why they maybe don't care. And what Vanguard's study found is that the effect of having an advisor overall generally adds about a 3% return to a portfolio. And the main reason for that is because a financial advisor will counsel you through those emotional ups and downs and help you prevent making emotional mistakes. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew that we were counselors? Yes. uh, You're you're kind of a psychologist. (laughs) There you go. So we've talked about a lot of different things that um, are investment mistakes that we hope that you're not making in your portfolio. And I encourage you to reach out with the code MONEYGUIDE25 to schedule your performance checkup for your portfolio near or far. We, we work with people all over the country. So whether you're in a local listening area or whether you're listening to this on an iTunes channel, you can reach out to us and, and we work with clients nationwide. We'd love to help you with that. But even if you are a do-it-yourselfer and you, what I want you to take to heart is that there are a set of pitfalls that you can make that you can avoid. And I hope that listening to this has helped you avoid them going forward. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Stirk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.